You are listening to a conservative review production. Trust, but verify. You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review's senior editor, Daniel Horowitz. And along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. Welcome back to The Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz. It is Tuesday afternoon here at our Northern Command in Conservative Review. I'm in our Maryland office here. And we're sandwiched in between Patriot Day, September 11th, and Constitution Day later this week. Uh, I encourage everyone to read my post on September 11th, and I will have, hopefully, if I'm not too busy, a post you'll like on Constitution Day. Um, Gosh, where do we begin? So much going on, presidential, congressional, the courts. As always, we got it all covered here at Conservative Review. So much stuff you're not going to see elsewhere. The GOP September agenda, turning touchdowns into interceptions. There's a lot of teachable moments that I'm seeing, and I want to kind of wrap it around one axle. Uh, so kind of give you a view of what is going on in Congress through multiple issues. Some of, them, some of them we've written about, others we haven't yet, at least at this point. So there will be some new information, even to those of you who religiously and thankfully follow our writing so closely. But I want to kind of... Br- give you guys a glimpse of what's going on through this prism of how Republicans turn winning issues into losing issues, how they're like that boxer wrestler that has the opponent on the ropes and says, you know what? I'm scared to win. I don't want to win and puts themselves on the ropes instead. Um, You know, whatever analogy you want to give a sports analogy It literally makes no sense how they take winning issues, turn them into losing issues. And it really starts from the following observation. How is it that Obama's popularity, his favorability rating, is at 58%? I mean, this guy is committing a treasonous act, multiple treasonous acts per day. You have the criminal alien crisis going on that we keep talking about. A conservative review. You have him increasing refugees as we speak. He plans on bringing more refugees starting in October, a net increase, meaning in addition to the baseline of seventy of eighty five thousand this year, um, you know, at least twelve thousand from Syria, elsewhere from Somalia. You have the jailbreak, releasing violent criminals from our jails. You have the Iran duplicity, the payments not just for ransom, but um, other payments we find out now, and allowing them to harass harass our ships. I, I could go on. I mean, we're not talking about getting rid of Social Security or Medicare or Head Start. I mean, tough issues that there's a lot of dependency in our country, the culture. You know, not everyone's as conservative as, as, as you and I are, unfortunately. These are issues that even the transformed America understands. Everyone understands. These are 90-10 winning issues. It's so easy for Republicans to come back in the remaining few weeks they have of the legislative session. 
their their closing argument, so to speak, against this this administration, against Hillary Clinton. This is why you need to give us the presidency. They have a budget bill that they could use as as the leverage. As you know, Madison. We 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 speak about this a lot. Madison uh, said that this is the last. Um, venue to redress all grievances, vesting that power of the purse in the hands of Congress. Republicans have it. You're not going to get everything you want on, let's say, 10, 15 issues we we mentioned, but five or six or seven of them, two of them, one of them, pick one issue. These are winning issues. Why is it yet that Obama's approval rating is at 58%? His approval rating is as high as it's been since the opening months of his presidency. We've come full circle at the end of his term. Does everyone love these policies? No, because when you pull the individual policies, it's in the toilet. I mean, Obamacare is very unpopular. You have a third of the country now under control of just one insurer. You have premiums that are skyrocketing for bare bones, nothing insurance plans that are now they cost more than the comprehensive plans of yesteryear. Yet, if a tree falls in the forest, who knows? If the opposing party doesn't litigate the case against the president, who knows? Look, the media certainly doesn't is not going to do it on their own. But the media is a fixed variable. There's nothing we can do about that. You got to fight through it. You got to use the platform you have, and they have control of the Senate, of the House. You have Donald Trump with the president, presidential candidate. It was a bigger platform than anyone. Where are they? I mean, Trump's focusing on a couple of good issues while he focuses on garbage issues as well. But what is going on here? You don't hear about this. Instead, Republicans are taking their final control of the Senate. To codify the Democrat agenda, to cover up for Obama, they refuse to. They they they, they run away from what's going on. It, it's unbelievable. I want to submit about five six examples to our evidence table here to just prove this thesis here: how Democrats embrace confrontation as a means of promoting their agenda. They embrace that leverage even when it's unpopular. Yet Republicans abjure confrontation, even when it's politically advantageous for them, like all these issues we're going to mention, you're going to see. This dichotomy is completely unsustainable for a republic. It's almost like we're, as conservatives trapped in this fraudulent, impotent, failed Republican party, we're like the guys tied up in the back seat without control of the steering wheel while the Republican Party, and we're unfortunately tainted by it, we're in that car, that vehicle, they run it off the cliff. And we're screaming and there's nothing we can do about it. There's no, there are so many plays that could be made, yet instead of throwing touchdowns, they, they toss interceptions. You know, let, let's just start. I just want to start with Donald Trump just because that's the news of the day as we're recording. Um, I wasn't planning on talking about this. I wanted to just talk about Congress. But again, you got Trump today that introduced the Bernie Sanders, Ivanka Trump plan of mandating a federal program that will give six weeks of paid maternity leave 
increasing the earned income tax credit. And you guys know exactly what that is. That's the welfare through the tax um, tax system. Hopefully, I'll have a piece out on this later today. If not, our buddy John Gray will an analysis of this plan. Um, you know, 28 million families already on it. it Cost 68 billion dollars, and he wants to expand it up to 1,200 dollars more per family. He calls it a spending rebate. Here's some spending money. Um, I mean, there's a lot of more, gar- a lot more garbage in this. We have a party that accepts the premise of the other side on any given issue and refuses to engage in rhetorical, strategic jujitsu against them on winning issues. All right, so Donald Trump's a, a dumpster fire, um, but what about Congress? <laughs> They're even worse. So let's go through the, all the issues going on. You got the budget bill. So imagine you have a president that punches you in the face ten times. And then now is your opportunity for payback. Now he's asking you for money to fund all his programs. The fiscal year budget comes due September 30th. This is your opportunity. Imagine if you have a Republican Party that instead of of embracing it and saying, you will not be allowed to do this. You will not be allowed to fund your alliance with Iran in contravention to law. You will not be allowed to break our immigration system. You will not be allowed to bring in more refugees. You will not be allowed to give away the internet to ICANN, which will happen if nothing is done by October 1st. You will not be allowed to abuse your power of clemency to just carte blanche, let go thousands of uh, violent criminals. We will defund all that through the DOJ. We'll defund your immigration nonsense through, you know, appropriations for the Department of Homeland Security. We're going to defund your malfeasance in Iran and the, and the Iranian nuclear deal through the Department of Treasury and the, and the State Department. Is it that hard? We're, again, we're not talking about defunding Head Start. We're not talking about forcing changes to Social Security through a budget bill. We're talking about easy issues that speak to national emergencies that everyone could understand if you would only draw attention to them. Imagine if you had Democrats, Republicans saying, if you want to shut down the government in order to turn America into Europe and bring in more refugees, be our guest. But we're funding government and not funding this malfeasance. That would, that would change the game. A week, a week of focus on that would chip away at Obama's approval and, and hurt Hillary Clinton. But no, nothing. Republicans are getting up there. And I actually have a piece demonstrating how it's worse to have a Republican Senate with Mitch McConnell in control than a Democrat Senate, assuming Republicans have control of the House anyway. He is preemptively undermining conservatives in the House by giving Harry Reid everything he wants. I won't get into the details, but we have we'll we'll post the um, the link in our show notes. Uh, You know, McConnell's budget budget betrayal. Let me just make a. Make a note of this now to put this in there. And um, this is what he's doing. They're not going to fight back on a single issue. Not one. Not one. Not talking about five or seven. Nothing. Just clean whatever you want. A clean blank check. So what happens if someone punches you in the face? And you, and you do absolutely nothing about it. And worse, the guy who punched you in the face comes to you for money and like, yeah, here it is. That demonstrates the veracity of the other man's views of what he did. Obviously, he was right. He was justified. That's what Republicans are doing. It's not hard to see why Obama's approval rating is skyrocketing. Let's move on beyond the budget. You have this Zika crisis. Now, 
And it makes me wonder why we have all these infectious diseases suddenly. You know, I don't know about the Zika thing in particular, but a lot of this is clearly has to do with our open borders. But anyway, Democrats always use a crisis to manufacture more government growth, never leave a crisis behind. And this is what they do. Say, hey, we need to throw more money at the problem. And Republicans, they know how to pick their lock. You know, Republicans like, oh, no, 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 of course, of course, here it is, here it is, we're scared. So anyway, in the Zika funding, the House put a simple provision that none of the funding should go to Planned Parenthood clinics. Because the concern was that, that this will go to clinics, particularly in um, in Puerto Rico, the, the affiliate there of Planned Parenthood would get some of this new funding. So you have Democrats holding up the bill in order to fund Planned Parenthood. Now, again, picture you're in a boxing ring. You, you have a hit to be made. You could stand before the American people and say, these bastards are, are withholding funding to deal with this crisis in order to fund a private entity that is now under criminal investigation for harvesting baby organs. I mean, is it that hard to get up there and make that case? Yet Marco Rubio... Got up there and said, look, we got to get this funded. Just put it in no matter what. It's the easiest way to get paid for. Attach it to the budget bill. Again, we're not attaching conservative riders, but attach a liberal rider. Um, My interest is, I'm just quoting here from Rubio, my interest is getting the funding. So if that's the fastest way to get the funding, I support it, even if it funds Planned Parenthood. He doesn't say that, but that's, that's what he's referring to. Mark Kirk, Republican from Illinois, says the House should drop the poison pill language so we can get a clean bill. This is what they do. They preemptively express self-culpability for stuff Democrats do, but they, they, they put the onus on themselves. Yeah, you know, we're, we're shutting down the government. Man, we're, we're being obstructionists. We have poison pill amendments. We need to behave ourselves. We need to do a clean bill like the Democrats want. So, yeah, I mean, it's not hard to see that if that's your messaging, the Democrat approval, Obama's approval, will go up. You guys look like you're agreeing to him, albeit with a sour face, and, you know, you guys are looking like the obstructionists. Now, some people will tell me, oh, come on, Daniel, you know, Marco Rubio's from Florida. I mean, that's that's the epicenter of all this. Jeez, what do, what do you want? I mean, what do you want him to do? It's it's a hard, tough issue. Um, you know, he's up for, up for re-election here, and look, you know, it's a tough issue. No, it's not. Precisely because he's from Florida, he should get up there and pin the tail on the donkey. Speak to his Democrat opponent and say, do you support Democrats messing with the health concerns of Florida in order to fund a criminal entity under investigation for harvesting baby organs? Is that your hill to die on? Embrace the fight. Embrace the landscape that's politically advantageous to you. But no. So as it stands now, they're probably going to roll this into the budget bill, cave, give the Democrats whatever they want. And this is a new tactic, by the way. The Democrats, uh, um, they'll block any bill. They blocked a human trafficking bill recently, earlier this year, um, in order to tack on abortion funding. And they know Republicans will cave on it. Oh, man, we can't look like we're opposing this mellifluous-sounding bill. We can't. No, you make it that they are opposing it in order to fund you know, and this is not even abortion. This is a, a criminal enterprise a harvesting baby organs. It's not that hard to message it. But again, they're caving on that. 
let's move on. And I have a couple of pieces on this, but I want to talk about the Judiciary Committee chairman in the Senate, Chuck Grassley from Iowa, and his agenda. And again, just to understand, use this as a teachable moment as a case study for how Republicans act as opposed to Democrats. Multiple issues. As chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, you really have one of the most powerful positions. You have the position with oversight over the Department of Justice, over immigration, over refugees. There's so much you could be doing to expose the malfeasance of this administration, really score points. And instead, what is Grassley doing? He's giving Obama votes, committee votes, on Ninth Circuit nominees. He's giving him more judicial nominees. And this has never been done this late into a president's term when the opposing party controls the Senate. Usually they, they block it off around July. You say, hey, no more. Let's wait for the, for the next election. Democrats did this to George W. Bush when they had control of the Senate in 2008. Um, and, and Grassley promised this, but he's, you know, given, given more, more leverage to Obama. Obama has remade the lower courts beyond belief, and he's giving him more judicial noms. I don't know whether it's going to come out to a floor vote or not, but to give them a committee vote on this? Again, it, all the things you can be doing. And what, and what can we be doing? Let me, let me give a juxtaposition here. Ted Cruz has been asking for a long time for a vote on... Um, What's, what, what's known as the Expatriate Terrorist Act. Now, if you ever... We, we talk about 70-30 issues, 80-20 issues, 90-10 issues. This is a 100-0 issue. Okay, what does this bill do? This bill strips ISIS fighters, those who have been caught through due process, through a trial, um, American citizens who have been, you know, that we should never have let into our country, either them or their parents, um, from Islamic countries... But now they're Americans. They go back to fight for ISIS, Al-Qaeda. They've committed an act of treason. And all this bill really does is just take existing law. Anyone who fights for a foreign army, right, they, they are denaturalized because they have renounced their citizenship by doing that. And they should have their passports, passports stripped of them and lose their citizenship. That's existing law. Cruz's bill merely just extends that to non-state actors so you know like you know if you fought for the iranian revolutionary guard you'd be um prosecuted under under this law this extends it to isis al-nusra these organizations that aren't part of a state army but nonetheless they should be included in this law who the hell could oppose something like this okay with the caliphate collapsing and all these people coming back this is an amazing jujitsu to shove down the throats of the democrats oh really so you don't want to take away passports against ISIS fighters? I mean, you have the Democrats talking about their gun agenda. Oh, the people on this terrorist watch list, which is nonsense. It's full of errors. Take away their gun rights. Well, what about people that have been convicted of fighting for ISIS? No random list. I can't think of a better issue to run on. Ted Cruz was promised a Judiciary Committee markup. Grassley is not doing it. Not doing it. Why? He said because the Democrats oppose it. Now, I want you to understand, this is what we see on a daily basis. This is what Republicans do. They'll have a winning issue. I'll say, look, well, we can't bring it up because the Democrats oppose it. By golly, even if you can't get it passed because the Democrats will filibuster or Obama will veto it. This is how you make your case and win back the White House. 
You say, look at these vermin that are uphold that that are blocking this bill. You embrace the opportunity to paint the other side as out of touch and extreme. That's what the Democrats do every day. They wake up in the morning and say, how can we use our time, talent, and treasure, our resources, to paint the Republicans as out of touch, to, to paint them as losers, to paint them as crazies? Republicans like Chuck Grassley and Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan, they wake up every day and say, how could we... Well, I guess paint ourselves as extreme. How could we obfuscate the party divide? How could we take the Democrats off the ropes? How could we cover for them? Hence, this is why they're not bringing up that expatriate terror act in in the Senate Judiciary Committee. But they are voting on Obama's nominees. And I'll add, Chuck Grassley has made it his number one priority to push jailbreak, criminal justice reform, just dismantling the tough on crime regime, all the Reagan era laws mandatory minimums that worked miraculously worked wonders in you know uh catalyzing this two decades long decline in violent crime they're seeking to undo that can you imagine that (laughs) this election is gonna hinge on suburban voters so you could take a safety and security and sovereignty case to them go after obama on criminal aliens on iran on on um you know, the, the, the border problems, 30,000 Middle Easterners known to have crossed according to U.S. Southern Command. You, you, you could hang criminal justice deform, the Soros agenda, on them. Instead, they're saying, hey, suburban voters, I know you badly want criminal justice reform. We're going to give it to you. We're going to give you a Ninth Circuit nominee. Oh, but we're not going to strip away passports from, from terrorists because Democrats say that's too mean. I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what we do other than to say we don't have a party. What else are they focusing on? Just I know we're kind of running out of time here. They're focusing on WERDA. Now, in case you don't know what that means, it's an acronym for it's, it's a water bill because the Flint, Michigan water scandal and the Democrats are yelping about it. Oh, we're scared. The American people want us to pass a water. B- what? But this is what the Senate's been working on all week. Um, and again, it's not by accident. It's by design. Mitch McConnell believes that you need to utilize your time and control of the Senate as just just gliding through, just treading water. Don't do anything that stands out. And again, if it doesn't stand out, the American people aren't going to connect the dots. And Obama just skates free. And especially with Hillary and Trump just being viewed, if nothing else, as just dumpster fires and unpresidential, by, by default, Obama's starting to look very presidential. And when you don't litigate the case against him and you don't use the Senate floor schedule and your speeches and your committee votes and the budget brinkmanship to, to make a culmination and say, these are our priorities as Republicans. This is our budget. We're funding all of government except for Obama's malfeasance. You, you would have a national discussion on these issues. Nope, they don't want it. One other piece of information before uh, before we got to go here. Um, I, I, I don't have a piece up on this, but Ted Cruz has another bill to rename a, a, a plaza, the International Plaza, which is across the street from the Chinese embassy, to rename it the 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 the, the, the Lu Xiaobo, um Plaza. Lu Xiaobo was uh, uh, w- one of the ch- famous Chinese dissidents that, that fought the Chai Coms. Um, you know, he was instrumental in exposing what went on in T- Tiananmen Square. 
again, a very easy layup, very easy. And it's funny because Republicans are trying to avoid controversial issues. You know, you know, those 90, 10 issues that make Democrats look crazy. Um, and, and they're kind of focusing on small ball items just like this, renaming post offices and, you know, issues as such. So while you're at it, why not just put this bill through? And if Democrats want to oppose it for standing up for the Chicoms, you know, let let them hang their hat on that. But yet this bill in the House has to go through the OGR committee, government oversight, because you're renaming government property. Jason Chaffetz from Utah is the is the chairman. Now, I don't have enough time to get into this guy, but this guy is the equivalent of Chuck Grassley on Chuck Grassley on Senate Judiciary. This guy has made it his goal as oversight chairman to move away from the direction of the former chairman, Darrell Issa, to go after Obama and expose his malfeasance. Again, this is government oversight. This is an amazing committee to have control over um, during Obama's tenure. He wants to ensure we don't pick a fight with the Democrats. And also, from my sources, I hear he's in bed with the Chinese ambassador. He had a meeting with him, yucked it up. Um, so, you know, that that's, <laughs> that's your Republican Party for you. But again, this this is why I believe, and, and it took 25 minutes for me to get this out. It doesn't fit on a bumper sticker. But when people say, oh, we can't start a new party, and it's not, what we are doing now will for sure not work. Because not only are they ineffective in going after the Democrats, their refusal to expose them and fight them on an issue, and in fact, giving them a lifeline on so many issues, raises their their favorabilities. It shows the American people that the Democrats are right. And this is why Obama's look before he's over, he might flirt with a 60% approval after eight years in office. I mean, I'll be higher than Reagan. This is nuts. We will never win with this party. We're never going to win. And this is why we have to continue fighting on the issues and searching for a new party. We got to make the clean plays we can make. We're kind of hopeless, but there are certain things you can do. And, and one thing you can do, as I always say, you could patronize our sponsors here, Patriot Mobile. Switch your mobile plan to Patriot Mobile. Go to PatriotMobile.com. They have competitive rates. Call them up. They'll work with you. Give them promo code Daniel. They'll waive the initial fees if you give them that promo code. And they give up to 5% of, of the funds that uh, of your money to conservative groups. Every other one, I, I will tell you, does fund liberal causes. So this is one way we could change the culture. Again, donate money to Joe Miller. Go to Joe Miller's website, Candidate for Alaska. He is the only conservative that's really, you know, running now. That's not already in. You know, you got Mike Lee running, but he's running for re-election. Um, we got Daryl Glenn in Colorado's another guy. You know, it's, it's a tough race. We we don't have too many options here. But the few we have, make sure we we win down ballot ballot. Vote for your conservative for governor for state legislature. But ultimately, after this election. We got to start a new party. This party will never work for us. You can't, you can only go so long with a team that scores interceptions, that tosses interceptions when you have first and goal every time. <laughs> I mean, you, you can only go so long with that before you just, it just, it just stops working. 
but but again, you know, getting back to what we started out with with Trump now supporting this socialist Bernie Sanders nationalist whatever, national socialist paid family leave, expanding welfare, Ivanka Trump's plan there. Don't change don't change who you are. If you're voting for Trump because you still feel nonetheless as Mark Levin says, it can't get any worse than Hillary, fine. But don't change who you are. And this is what Mark Levin still criticizes Trump. This is not okay. But I guarantee you all these rear ends in our party that are now praising Julia and, uh, Julian Assange and WikiLeaks because it's helping hurt Hillary. Um, and they're praising every liberal thing uh, you know Trump does. They're going to praise this. This is how we've lost control. Because we have a party and a movement that stands for nothing. They're consistent on nothing. But I'll promise you this. At Conservative Review, we're going to continue being consistent. On every issue, we're going to call the balls and strikes on. Philosophically, both you know on a historical, constitutional level, and very much drill down to the current issues and how to apply those constitutional values to our current issues. And, and all we could do is kind of keep building that intellectual fodder until we build a party that could serve as a vehicle for that. A party that will score score touchdowns instead of tossing interceptions. A party that will speak to the morality of these issues and, and un- understand how to talk themselves out of a plastic bag and actually articulate their positions. But for now, this is your Republican Party. This is their agenda. And this is why we will never, ever succeed in taking back this country under this party agenda. Later this week, I hope to talk about more. I'll have a Constitution Day post explaining how the political party system has destroyed our constitutional system and how, unfortunately, we need a a party vehicle now, so therefore we're going to have to search for a new one. Until next time, I really appreciate you guys listening, tuning in again. As always, I appreciate your feedback. God bless. This has been another episode of The Conservative Conscience. Conscience.